What's going on, winners? It's your boy Loso 2.0. And today I thought I'll throw in a nice little life coach that we have from the self-discovery to a new and better you. That's the name of business. I got Latanya over here on the line. Uh Latanya, why don't you introduce yourself um, and kind of tell a little bit about your business? All right, give me one second. You can't see me. Give me one second. Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> Okay, a little bit about me is I am a recovery life coach. It's all about helping people go from recovery to newly covered, from being reborn to newly born, and going from re going from rehabilitation to newly habilitation. Mm. It's not about redoing anything, re-saying anything. It's about even if you're going through something multiple different ways or in the same situation, you're dealing with it with a new set of eyes. Mm. So you're not just looking at the same thing over and over and over again. And a lot of people, when they think about recovery, the first thing they think about medical issues or drugs or alcohol, they don't think about financial recovery. They don't think about relationship recovery. They don't think about friendship and family recovery. You don't think about when you lose your job, recovering from that. So there's many different types of recovery that I'm bringing to the table that a lot of people don't think about. Because regardless of what you go through, any negative thing you go through, you have to recover. The same way you would if you broke your arm, the same way you would if you had drugs and alcohol issues or gambling issues, you still have to recover. But it's more than just recovering. You have to leave the environment and the people alone that pretty much got you in the situation to begin with. And it's also about, let's say you like Little Red Riding Hood, and you have the big bad wolf. The big bad wolf is gonna keep stopping you. But if you're on your journey and you're disciplined, you're not paying that wolf no attention. You just continuously continue on your journey. And so the main thing about recovery that sets me apart as a recovery coach, we get to the, the very person, in other words, the old you versus the new you. You going back and looking at parts of your life and you find out where you first got off your path. And then from there, we just can, we'll see how you continue getting off your path by dealing with the same type of people, same type of spirits, just different bodies, same souls, just different, the same agendas. So even though you may be dealing with a different person, you're still dealing with the same agenda, the same being used, taken advantage of, bamboozled, led astray, things like that. So it's about like little pig, little pig, let me in. I like to use a lot of the, the childhood stories mm. to incorporate that in my life coaching. No, that's awesome. Good things that you said. Um, I totally agree with leaving the environment. I believe the environment is 80%, maybe even 90% of a person's success, right? If you want to be successful, you have to be surrounded by successful people. If you want to, you know, if you do want to be in a gang violence, you have to be surrounded. You, you're going to be surrounded by other people in the gang, right? So it can work against you or for you, depending on, you know, the, the environment that you're in. So I definitely agree with that. I also like the idea of old you versus new you. That's something that I talk about a lot. Um, not old you versus you, new, new you exactly. But when I'm talking to coaching and stuff like that, through people and I'm changing their mindset, the first thing I do is I think about, hey, what kind of questions are you asking yourself? You have to change in order to change the person that you are. You have to change the questions you ask yourself because when you change those questions, you seek those different answers. I think all of those are good. And of course, telling childhood stories because people learn the most through stories, right? That's what connects us emotionally to ourselves. 
Um, yeah. But how did you, so, I mean, to make it a little personal, but how did you sure. get into recovery life coaching? Like, was there something that went through your life that triggered you to get into something like this to help people? Because something that I, um, I seen before was, and it was an interview I was reading by Ed Millett, and he was at the uh, Jay Shetty podcast, and he was talking about the idea that like a lot of business owners, we start businesses because not because we're perfect, but because of that one flaw that we had. Now we can help so many people because we had that flaw. So how did you get started with this recovery life coaching? I went after a sex cult and got bullied, harassed, stalked, and docs. And um, it started off with me going after a sex cult, trying to stop it. He was on social media, scamming people, frauding people. He was abusing women. He was infecting them with diseases. One girl allegedly had six different STDs and almost died and she, and she kept going back. So it was one of those things where he thought he was the Messiah. He was bringing people over there, but not healing them in any capacity. And these people were so far gone. So when I, I first saw the guy that I was dating, he introduced me to him on social media. He was trying to be that man to a certain extent, you mm -hmm. know? They, he was recording these women having sex, posting them on Twitter, stuff like that. And so my whole thing was to get fathers to be able to be more involved in their daughters' lives. Because I feel like if fathers are more involved in their daughters' lives, then they'll more so be involved. But then it went from that to one day I went on live and said that if people were making money off of it, because I had actually called the, the actual FBI. person he asked me was, was you making money off of it? I said, no. So after that happened, next thing I know, my address was being posted, my phone was being posted, all my information was being put out there, false allegations against me that were nowhere near true, contacting my family, got me fired from my job, contacting my landlord, tried to take my child's SSI, who because he has autism, brought my son's father and my other ex on live. They were just, it, it was a mess. And I mean, all of it because you know how you take people's wrenches or you block people on, on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Well, they decide they want to make videos about you. And mm -hmm. then all of a sudden, they're making all this money off you. And then you have your audience that believes it as well. Come to find out everything I said came to pass. He's in jail with charges. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't change what happened. But how I got into life coaching was because I had to recover from that. And so I was strolling down social media and I kept seeing all these coaches. And at the time, I was trying to start a jury business, but... It was like kind of hard to do. And I said, well, let me try this and see if this works. Because the lady wanted to actually publish my book. And so she did a seminar and I kept seeing all these coaches. And I said, you know, this might be something I can do because instead of me trying to be invested in something personal and giving people money and doing all this stuff for people that don't appreciate what I do, mm -hmm. why not give it to people that will appreciate it? So instead of me paying somebody's rent Instead of me cooking and cleaning and giving my body to men that, that weren't worth me, because I had just became celibate for like four years at that time. Mm -hmm. So it was like one of those things where I was in it going through medical issues as well, and I wasn't working. And when that happened, I said, I was never going to let nobody take my job from me again. I was never going to let nobody, you know, do that to me. But at the same time, it was liberating because. People think when people expose you, that's the end of the world. No, it's not. It's just the beginning because it's freedom. And so I met some a lady named Trisha who introduced me to recovery coaching. 
because I was trying to figure out how to do it. And nobody could really tell me how to do coaching. And she was phenomenal and she was great. But our our definitions of recovery was just completely different. And mm-hmm. we just weren't on the same page. But, you know, I wish her the best. But that's how I got into coaching. But like I said, it's it's all a journey. And when they were exposing me, I was going back to different situations as they were doing it, looking back on it. And I'm like, I realized that when I was 16 years old and I lost my virginity and my ex died when I was 17, I realized that's when I went off my path because if I would have never lost my virginity and if I would have never, my ex would never died, there's no telling what direction my life would have taken. But it took me watching the videos and looking back to being bullied and being harassed and you know, in high school, men didn't want to date me. It just took me back to that. And as I was seeing it, well, I didn't realize God says everybody goes through judgment. Everybody goes through crucifixion. So at the end of the day, this was my crucifixion. But at the same time, none of it was true. So I'm just sitting here like, just the fact that people who don't know you can judge you in such a way without even having a conversation with you, it absolutely sucks. But at the same time, I realized I wasn't the only one. And when I kept hearing about so many people being bullied and harassed and doxxed and stalked and all this stuff on social media, I decided to write a book about it. I'm still working on it. But that's how I became a life coach because I wanted to help people understand when people are bullying you or harassing you, it's not because you're a terrible person. You are a person of God. You are someone on a path. These people want to take you off your path because why in the world would they be so concerned about a nerd or someone that's unattractive or someone that's a single mother. Why are you so concerned about these people, but yet you want people to be better, but yet you keep bringing up stuff that happened 20, 30 years ago that they have worked hard to get over. So I came to the realization that you're going to be recovering the rest of your life, whether it's financial, whether it's emotional, whether it's mental, whether it's psychological, you're going to be recovering every day. There's no way, because as long as you deal with people, And as long as you put everything out there and as long as you are trying to be accepted, loved, liked, appreciated, valued, wanted, needed to be a part of something and to be validated, you're going to always deal with negative people because they're going to take advantage of that. So part of the recovery is learning to find those things within yourself, learning to get away from the matrix, getting away from society's standards of beauty and then finding your own beauty within yourself. And instead of looking for something let God bring the things that are meant for you. Because when you look for something, you're going to find the wrong thing. So that's why I became a coach. Yeah, no. Again, it's just some great, more great wisdom that you're laying on us, right? Um, first of all, when you even talked about, um, I, I do agree kind of too with you that, um, and not just fathers involved with daughters' lives, but just fathers being involved, period, right? Just having a role model, parent having parents there, you need that type of parent to kind of guide you and not even just parents too, right? When you said that the lady, Trisha, y'all may have had different out, like, you know, looks on what recovery coaching was, but you had someone kind of at least start paving the way for you, right? So people, it is a good idea to get coaches and have people out there that can support you, hold you accountable and show you what to do to not do what you know what i mean it really makes it exponentially growing so i definitely agree with that as well and yeah. i just gotta say man you uh congratulations to you you went through a lot of stuff um but you're <laughs> still here 
you know what I mean? Definitely be strong with all that stuff that you went through. Um, and that's what makes you stronger, right? I agree with you, right? Um, it, it made you stronger. And although, like you said, a lot of stuff was not true, it just, it my old mentor used to always tell me, if you don't have haters, you're not doing something right. So because you had so many, must mean that you were definitely doing something right. You must Absolutely. be doing something, you know, exactly Absolutely. right. So and it's funny this. now that it's happening now to other people as far as being docs. So it's funny when you see it happening to other people. But, you know, and, and the thing about it is people are never going to apologize. And the one thing I've also learned with negative people is they're never going to repent for their wrongs. And I, I tell people all the time, following the crowds is not always a good thing. Sometimes you need to go away from the crowds and do your own thing. I tell I'm telling young girls now, don't have sex. You're 25. Wait till you're an adult. Go and get your job. I'm telling people that are married. Don't have kids till you're 30. Enjoy your relationship. Enjoy being married. Don't have these big weddings. Don't have these cookouts. Don't have these big birthday parties. Because what you're doing is you're bringing in wolves and she's clothing. You're bringing in your enemy. Because your enemy can be within. Your enemy can be family. It can be people that you think are your friends. A lot of people think they're responsible for other people. And building a bunch of bears. And I always say the saying, you're building dolls and you're building bears, but you're building them for someone else. Because what happens when a man goes into the NFL? The first thing he does, he gets with the same women that didn't want him when he was broke. They didn't mm -hmm. want him when he didn't have anything. The same girls that a man pays for plastic surgery. Matter of fact, rest in peace to, um, I think his name, the guy from Wild Out, his girlfriend just died of plastic oh, yeah. surgery today. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, you're going to get plastic surgery. You're damaging your body to meet society's standards. But at the end of the day, look at how many beautiful girls still not married. How many beautiful women, even though people put them on pedestals, they're still not married. They're not staying married and they're still being cheated on. So at the end of the day, you have to get away from society's standards because it's either you're going to be society's standards or you're going to be somebody that is of God. If you're someone that is of God, your faith should never waver, even through the most destructive of situations, because godly people to the day we die going to always be going through something that is a pain because we're all about helping people. But at the end of the day, if, God, if Jesus was crucified and put on the cross and resurrected, I say the same thing. You still breathing through that situation. You resurrected from that situation because there are people that do not make it at all. They die. Domestic violence victims who have died, people in human trafficking who have died. You have drug dealers that are sitting in jail because one dude went to jail and told on everybody. So you can't do stuff in groups anymore because at the end of the day, if one go down, they all going. And it's that's not fair, but that's just a part of life. No, I agree. And it's funny as you say that, and I talk about this all the time, right? You said you have to go away from the crowd, go away from society standards, right? Well, the billionaires in the world and the billionaires, they're the top, what, like 1%, 3%. Like, this is not a big number, right? So you obviously have to be abnormal to some degree, be, quote, unquote, weird in order to be successful because you have to do what other people aren't doing, which reminds me of a quote by Denzel Washington, to have what others don't have, you got to be willing to do what others won't do. Exactly. Exactly. That's, that's all true. That's all true what you're saying. So... Now, I want to ask you a question, right, kind of um, not to keep, you know, talking about the, that part but of your life, but when all this stuff was happening and when you started transitioning to the life coach, you know, despite being bullied and all that stuff, um, what was your support system like from your family? 
Oh Jesus. Um, it was just me. <laughs> it was, it was, it was just me. I didn't even tell nobody I did life coaching. I remember my dad said to me, he didn't even believe I was a life coach. And for me, it's one of those things when you doubt me, I'll prove you wrong. And, you know, I tell people when you go through these journeys, you're alone. And you got to be able to look at yourself in the mirror with no makeup on. As you can see, my hair is gone. And 13 years old, my hair was pulled out by a girl. Instead of her using weave glue to, pull my, to take the fridge roll out of my hair, she pulled my hair out. And my, hair, my head is bald. And I rock it proudly. And I tell people, have your own style, have your own originality, because at the end of the day, a lot of people think they have all the answers, but we're not taught life skills. And it clearly shows in what's going on with Ron DeSanchez and all of them taking all those books out of the school systems. You now gonna have to teach your kids. And at the end of the day, when you give your kid to a daycare worker, guess what? That's their new parent. When you give your kids to the other children, they're now influencing your children. And then when you finally want to influence your children, you can't get them back because everybody and their mama is influencing them. Because you have kids when I used to work at daycare will be dropped off and they'll cry from the moment they get dropped off to the moment their parents come pick them up. Mm-hmm. And then when you lose that and all of a sudden this child don't want to go to you and now this daycare worker is teaching this child how to feed themselves, how to clothe themselves, how to change diapers, how to potty train, you're no longer the parent. That daycare worker is the parent. When your kids go to school, you're no longer the parent. That teacher is the parent. Anyone that you leave your kids with, they're influencing your kids regardless. Mm-hmm. And you never know. And it's just like having a boyfriend. You know, you have a boyfriend and he's molesting your child. So at the end of the day, you got to be the one, regardless, to teach your child life skills. And part of recovery is don't have children until you've done it all. Until you're ready to be the example of what you don't want your children to be. Until you're the person that's able to to teach them things. Like when my son would get in trouble, I would say to him, no, no. I said, I'll tell him, just call me. And they'll be like, I said, you got five seconds to get to the phone. Would you like to tell me who influenced you to do whatever it was that you did? Because to me, it's not about what he did. It's about who influenced him to do it. Mm-hmm. And I said, was it me? He said, no. I said, well, if it ain't me and if it ain't your granddaddy and it ain't your mama and your daddy, then no, you don't need to be doing anything unless it's me. Mm-hmm. I said, because the whole point of me sending stuff to the school is so you can go and buy sign for it. Mm-hmm. So my son, I always tell him, I said, you know, you don't, you don't, uh-uh. Because I don't think I will not come to the school. Do not think I won't be there. At the end of the day, I'm I'm one of them mama bears. You're not going, you got going to abuse my child. You're not going to make fun of my child. My child has autism. And one thing that he taught me was the importance of just being different. And that you can be autistic and have a disability and still be normal. So at the end of the day, we all have some type of disability that we're not good at. It's just a fact, accepting your flaws and imperfections and accepting those things and turning them into strengths is part of recovery. Because when you turn like this bald head, I turned it into a strength. I had surgery. I turned that into a strength. Those are war wounds. Those are things that show what you've been through. And it also humbles you and makes you very, him. <laughs> I think it, it makes you humble as far as being, you know, 
where you understand that anytime you can fall. And if you hit rock bottom, you don't want to go back. So you're not chasing the rabbit down the rabbit hole. You're not going down to Wonderland and dealing with the Queen of Hearts and the, the Mad Hatter and going insane. You stay as far away from it as possible. It is one and done. When you're recovered, it's all about your inner peace and tranquility. It's all about understanding that you may not be a part of the world. And that's okay. But guess what? You still living. So while you're healthy and while you're living your best life and traveling, you got other people that are in marriages that are miserable. Mm -hmm. So just the fact that you're here for another day, there's a reason you're here. So for those who are thinking about committing suicide, don't think because you're different, because you have flaws, because you got a disability, because you went through something that changed your life forever. You're still here. Mm -hmm. There are people that are burying their children every day and wish to God their children were here for another day. Same thing with children burying their parents. You're still here, so you're here for a purpose. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think that's really special. That's not just for, and that's the thing I was trying to do. It's just not for entrepreneurs too, right? That's for like anybody, like anything you want to do. It's like you are like, it's okay. You're here on this earth for a reason, right? And it may be a bigger reason than just your job or whatever, but no, you're here for a reason. So you have to be the best version of you that you can be. It's just that entrepreneurship, that's just our way of expressing ourselves um, and expanding our spirit because that's what it's meant to do. Um, and I like the idea of war, war wounds too as well. Definitely like that one. Okay, so with going through, so I know as a recovery coach and just coaching in general, because I do so myself, right? You're always hearing about obviously a lot of people's problems and how you can help them with them problems. Um, sometimes I feel like with all of that negative energy kind of coming into, you know what I mean? Cause everybody's telling you their problems. Um, how do you kind of keep yourself positive, right? Cause it's like, you're constantly hearing people's problems and yes, you are helping them. But how do you keep yourself positive through that? You rebuke it and send it back for once you can. And you don't you leave it, you leave it where it is. So I tell people, um, sometimes you don't need to have a conversation with your parents. Take it, put it in a journal and then burn it. And I say that because even if you if you're expecting your parents to give you an apology, that's not gonna happen. If you think your ex is gonna pay you back your money that you owe, that's not gonna happen. You cannot take back the people you had sex with. You cannot go backwards and try to go back and relive what you lost. So when you are dealing with patients, you will understand that this is not your problem. You are there to help them. But when you get off that call, that's it. That that goes right back to them. But the goal is when you say the old you versus the new you, what I do is I'm the person that is that little girl. I am you. I'm the person that you were. You're speaking to me as if you're speaking to yourself in the mirror. You're taking off the makeup. You're taking off the fake hair. And you are looking yourself in the mirror. And you're looking at the younger version of yourself the original version of yourself that went off the path and then you become that person. So now you're that same little girl, but you're an adult. So now you're like, okay, no more big bad wolves, no more snakes, no more little pig, little pig, let me in. No, you're not coming in here. You are protecting what is yours. That means when you walk in somebody's house and you don't see a lot, it's not that they broke. They just don't want you to know what they have. When you have people that don't want you to know they won the lottery, those are people that have recovered. People that are like, 
their circles are small. They're not being Captain Sabo. They're not being Builder Bears and Builder Dolls. You're not being a people pleaser. You're not being a seat filler because a lot of times that's what we are. And recovery is also letting go of being accepted, loved, liked, appreciated, valued, wanted, needed to be a part of something, to be validated and approved of. You find that within yourself. Unless you're making money, unless it's, it's something to where you choose to, you're not about competition. You're not fighting another woman for another man. You have standards. You, it's not even about preference. It's about standards. It's about morals, values, principles, and ethics, critical thinking, common sense, and common judgment, weighing the pros and cons, but most importantly, understanding that consequences, repercussions, and karma based upon your actions, choices, decisions, and behavior have their impact. You, and you're not only impacting yourself, but you're impacting other people. So when you jump in other people's problems, understand if you don't know how to realize you an individual, even though you talking to people every day and realizing these are not your problems and I don't need to be involved. I'm not being involved because even like with domestic violence, mm -hmm. I've seen dudes try to stop girls from being beaten and they go right back. I'm, I'm done at that point. So it come a time where you got to realize you can help people not by giving money not by getting involved, but giving them the resources and the information to get out their circumstance. You can't make them get out. You can't hmm. make nobody love you. You can't nobody. And then one thing I also tell women and men in particular, don't ever tell a man or a woman that don't want you, let me prove to you that I'm worthy of you. You are no longer the prize at that point. Mm -hmm. You're now lowering your standards. You are lowering yourself to be with somebody who said they didn't want to be didn't want to be in a relationship, they don't want to be with you. But the reason we do it is because of those 10 words that I said. That love, like, and it all starts from childhood. Because mm -hmm. you're looking for the mommy-daddy-child relationship. And what that means is you want somebody to take care of you, like your parents. When your parents paid all the bills and they bought your clothes and they did all the stuff for you, you still got to do what you wanted to. But then when your spouse starts saying, no, you can't go out like that. No, you can't do this. Now you like, stop treating me like a mom. But you want somebody to sit home and you spend their money like you're a child. Mm -hmm. They have it both ways. It's either you're going to be an adult and understand that being an adult is partnership. And it is 50-50. It isn't 60-40. It's not 70-30. It's not 80-20 or 90-10. It is 50-50. If mm -hmm. you want anything less than that, then you're still being a child. Because an adult knows that it's not about one person working more so than the other. We both don't want to work hard. We both want to be able to retire. We both want to be able to have, you know, money not to have all these expensive things, but more so for health reasons. Having the best foods, having the best doctors. Those are the things you think about when you're an adult. Money is just how you're going to be able to have financial freedom to where you can travel. You don't work a regular nine to five job. You're not working manual labor. You're able to do what you want to do. And that should be your goal. So when you're married to somebody, if one person's at home and they're running a business, the other person is working. Somebody needs to start a business. That way you can retire your spouse. And then both of y'all are now making billions of dollars. And now you're able to enjoy it. But the problem is when y'all get to where you want to be, somebody ends up feeding into that forbidden fruit, which is women, or that forbidden fruit, which is in drugs, alcohol, 
And that's what happens when you get money because you start feeding into the temptations because all these temptations are drawn to you, not because of you, but because of the money. So understand when you get more money or you become more successful or you're pretty, understand not everybody's around you because they like you. They want you to build them up like Build-A-Bears and you're building people up and it's no different than these rappers that have these homeboys and they get to sleep with all these females they never slept with. Why? Because they're hanging around Chris Brown. They're hanging around Trey Songs. So mm -hmm. they're without you, they don't have none. But then when you lose it all, them same friends will move on to somebody else that's a celebrity and then go from there. And then they're gone. So that's all what recovery is. You're now seeing things what they are, not what you want them to be. Yeah, no, just keeping it real with yourself, right? And I, I love when you said they had to get themselves out. You know, I mean, it was uh, that saying, pretty sure it's in the Bible, it was like, uh, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. You know what I mean? So it's like, you could teach them everything. You could tell them everything in the world, but they they got to eventually be the ones to do that. They got to be the ones to put the work in. You know what I mean? You can't just, and that's why I said, winners win and losers lose. And unfortunately, in this world, we have losers, just like we have, you know, winners, right? So- I don't even look at it that way, honestly. I look at it as, Losing is how you learn. Winning, you'll never learn. You'll do the same thing over and over again. If there's nothing wrong, you're never going to learn anything. You have no need to. Right. If you have everything you want, then you're not going to want anything else. The reason why everybody always wants something more because you yourself are not comfortable with what you have. And it's not about maintaining anything. You just want to obtain something. Mm -hmm. But then you'll bring what you're obtaining is not really what you need. It's more so a want. And a lot of people are in this childish thing of, I want somebody that's going to pay my rent, you know, but you're not going to pay me back my money. You're not doing for me what I do for you. So you're giving, 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 and all these people are doing is taking. Mm -hmm. And it isn't until you get sick, because that's what happened to me. That's how I got sick. Because I was being Captain Save-A-Hoe. I was trying to be the traditional girlfriend, and I was trying to be, and then... When I came to the realization I was never in relationships in the first place because I was being used by everybody, that mm -hmm. was a hard pill for me to, to swallow, but it was also a great thing because that's when I realized if I would have kept my standards versus preference, I would have had been better off. If I would have just said, well, you know what? It was nice meeting you and that should have been it. But instead my ego was like, well, no, I'm determined to get this person. I'm going to do all these things to show that I'm meant for this person. Mm -hmm. Recovery is, it's nice meeting you. It's been real. You already know how it is because you've been through it before. So when somebody says, I don't want to be in a relationship, it was nice meeting you. We still be friends and that'll be it. It's not that you're trying to get something that doesn't belong to you or something that doesn't want you trying to convince you to convince that person Y'all should be together. No, it's pretty much, okay, I go to bed alone. I sleep alone. I'm good. You know, I wake up in the morning. I'm blessed. I have money in my pocket. You know, whatever is meant for me is meant for me. I don't want anything more than what is meant for me. And God will bring whatever it is that's meant for me. And if I didn't walk up to you and I didn't introduce myself to you, I don't owe you an explanation. When negative people say stuff, I'm like, are you done? Do you feel better now? You said all of this like I care, but first of all, did I walk up to you? Did I ask you your name? Did I say I wanted to be your friend? So you basically were drawn to me because of my imperfections, flaws, because I'm smart or whatever the reason was. 
but I was never drawn to you. So that means you're jealous of me because if every day you're bullying me, every day you're harassing me, that means you're jealous of me. And that means I'm a person of God because you wouldn't even be coming at me if I was at the bottom of the, the gutter. That's like saying you have homeless people. Do you have people messing with homeless people? No, because they're homeless. They have nothing to offer you. So what I learned by one day, me and my mom were out and we saw these home, no, we were in the car. And a homeless person came knocking on our door. Mm -hmm. And my mom would not even look at the man. Mm -hmm. And he kept knocking. I said, sir, I don't have anything. He kept going from window to window at windows. But as we were coming around the corner after we got our food, we saw a woman sitting there with a car crying. And when she was coming around the corner, it just broke my heart because it made me realize people don't deal with you when you don't have anything. And you're not going to have people there. And that's when I realized how important your health is and why a lot of us are sick because we have caused a lot of damage that we don't even realize that we caused. And I remember the doctor said you have what's called post-traumatic slave disorder. And mm -hmm. I said, what's that? He said, you've been a slave your whole entire life. You've been a people pleaser your whole entire life. And do you not know how unhealthy that is? Mm -hmm. And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, that's where depression and anxiety come from. You've been trying to please everybody else. People, your parents raised you to be a slave. They're raising you that what you want, what you need is not important. You don't appreciate your money because if you appreciated your money, you would be given away just because somebody said they want to borrow money. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you're protective of everything. And when he said it, it made sense. And when I saw that woman sitting there crying, I said to myself, this is what rock bottom looked like. But there's different types of rock bottom. Mm -hmm. And depending on the rock bottom that you go through, you realize nobody's there when you hit rock bottom. Nobody want to deal with you. So then when you're in that rock bottom and you're sitting there crying, and when I couldn't walk at one time, nobody was there. But I was a person that was always, as you said, jump, I say hi. Anytime you needed me, I was always there. So when I saw her, I, I saw me. And I said, oh my God, this could be me. But this is what happens when you're following behind people. This woman didn't have to stay with that man. She could have been, went and got her life together, went back home to her family. But she's sitting there with this man in the rain while he's out here trying to, you know, get money for whatever drug habit or whatever it is that he's going through. And it may not even be that, but it's a lot of kids out there that's homeless. Not because they want to be, they have no choice. Their parents are homeless. So you don't have to be out there, but kids is different. They don't have a choice. So we're up here following people thinking they're going to lead us to whatever direction. Now you homeless. Now you, now you, uh, you hooked on drugs. Now you're in domestic violence situations. Now you broke because this person has sucked the life out of you like a vampire. So when I saw that, that was also a, 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 a awakening for me. So recovery is awakening. You're, you're realizing by looking at someone else, that could be you. And then you're like, I don't ever want that to be me. And you do everything you can to make sure it doesn't. And you're not, you, you, you know you're going to go through these things over and over and over again, but you know the end result. Yeah. You know the end result. So there's no point of going through it if I know the end result. If I know it's going to be negative, there's no point of me going through it. That's what recovery is. You're not, you're going to try your best not to go through it. And even if you do, it's going to be easier and faster for you to walk away from it. It's going to be easier and faster for you not to deal with it at any capacity. You just won't. No, no, that was a lot. 
a lot of stuff, a definite, extremely great breakdown of what recovery is. Um, I think this is a people, a lot of people can learn from, you know, not just your story, but also the things that you're saying to them as well. Um, if you had to leave the audience with one last piece of advice, what would it be? Um, I would say stop wearing makeup, stop wearing fake hair, mm -hmm. stop being what everybody else wants you to be, be what you want to be. You're not making money off your talent. And I'll give you a good example. Basketball players, yes, you see, they make $100 million. But guess what? Those owners make billions off them. 100%. They get, they get a percentage of everything they get. The whole point of them giving them money is because they're out there and they're playing in the M NBA and the NFL. But they get hurt. They're not going to have no paychecks. They're done. Mm -hmm. Some of them don't even make it seven years for the $100 million. Because if they can't leave the ghetto, they can't leave that mentality. So your mentality is the most important thing in recovering. It is, it is, it is mental. And no matter how emotional that you get, you have to learn emotional intelligence in order to recover. You got to understand that when you show people your best, you're going to get the worst. When you show people what you truly look like, the best way to get honesty, recovery is honesty. Recovery mm -hmm. is you going to see me and what I really look like and what I really am at right now. And if you can't accept me, that's it. If somebody says you're ugly, you're fat, I don't care. You got to, you got to get it in your mind that honesty hurts. But you rather let people see who you truly are as a person. And make people earn your feelings. Make people earn everything that is you. Your time, your energy, your politeness. Don't just give it to people. Mm -hmm. Let people see the worst. And I don't mean the negative attitudes. But what I mean by that is if you take off the makeup, if you take off the fake hair, if you, if you take away the money, just strip it off. For dudes that have money, you really want another girl like you? Don't go with the new car. Don't go with the, all these possessions. Show who you are as a person because that's who you're dealing with. You're dealing with their, their trauma. You're dealing with their, their thinking process. You're thinking about the way they, they go about things. Those things impact and affect you in the long run. You're looking for stability. You're looking for somebody that's your best friend. You're looking for somebody that doesn't want anything from, from you at all. Y'all just have conversations. You sitting in the library and you and somebody every week go to the library. All of a sudden, y'all should have a conversation. Y'all don't even know each other. But guess what? You've now become friends. Why? Because it wasn't about what that person looked like or what they got. It just so happened y'all were in a library. That's how you meet people. You're not going chasing nobody and you're not going looking for anything. But if you really want to know how people really going to feel about you, Stop showing what you got. Stop having these big birthday parties, these big weddings, because they're they not paying for it. You paying for it. Then you in debt. So you got to stop showing off everything. Don't let people know what you got, because then you got robbers. Then you got all these people, all these wolves that are going to be attracted to you. They're attracted to you because of what you got, how you look. So when you attract things, understand you may not attract the best things, but when you are unattractive and you are at your worst, you will see who is really going to be there.
And that's the only way you will know. So that's what I would tell your audience. Stop trying to be your best for everybody. Make them earn your love, your devotion, your kindness, anything that is positive, let them earn that. Don't just give them that. Because that honesty, the attitude protects you. Those, those flaws and imperfections, they protect you. Because you will get honesty from those, those perfections, which is why I cut my hair and which is why when men see me, you see my hair. Because you're going to see who, who I truly am without makeup. Because eventually that person is going to see behind the money, behind the cars, behind the looks. They're going to see it. And then some people end up divorcing because of it. And at the same time, there was one situation before I end this where a guy divorced a woman because he finally saw her without makeup and divorced her just because she looked different without makeup. That is the reason why you want people to see who you are up front. So they know what they're getting. And that way they can make a decision from there. Okay. Nah, that's definitely a good thing. Don't no, don't wear makeup. That might be the title of this episode. Um, but if anyone had to reach out to you for any type of life coaching recovery, life coaching to be specific, or just to talk, how could they reach out to you? Um, they can reach me at um, my email address, which is self.discovery.2.a.new.u at gmail.com, y-o-u at gmail.com. Or they can reach me on Wisdom, or they can reach me on my um, YouTube page, which is, I have a few of them, but um, the one I'm currently doing is... Um, a happier you leads to a healthier you. And then I do one that's called um, Modern Women versus Traditional Women on Facebook. You can reach me at Self Discovery to a New and Better You or the Old You versus the New You. I think, yeah, that's it. So you okay. can reach me a few pages. And then TikTok is the same thing Self Discovery to a New and Better You. Or you can just put Coach LJ and you'll find me. But like is I this said, two or number two? Huh? Is it no, it's um, it's, it's self dot discovery dot two um, like to or number to yeah, right. it's all spelled with letters. Self discovery to a new you, but okay. you put periods in between the letters. Yeah. I know. I'm gonna make sure I put it in the um, in the bio then for someone to reach out to you uh, via that. I definitely appreciate you taking the time on your day, Latanya, to drop some wisdom. To the audience, I appreciate you. I appreciate y'all. I always say, without y'all, there is no me. I will be nothing without y'all. Seriously, my whole thing is uh, recovery is a, a lifetime. It is. It's not. I don't want people to think that when you get off drugs that you're going to be recovered automatically. No, because you'll be dealing with more situations that will lead you to drugs. So the main thing is once you learn how to overcome things. Um, it's easier to recover because um, you're still going to be recovering because you'll be going through something new. You will hit, you will hit rock bottom quite often. So I don't want nobody thinking that you won't, you will, you'll hit rock bottom in multiple different facets. But again, it's not how you, it's not how you fall. It's not, it's how you rise. And if you're going to find your way out the rabbit hole, find your purpose, find your journey, find your path to your new and better you. And most importantly, become spiritual because 
if, if your faith never wavers, I don't care what you go through. Just have to sit still and go, just sit still, still through the journey until the higher power pulls you out. Sometimes you just got to sit still and just observe. That's hard to do, but you have to do that in order to learn from it. You just can't act like it didn't happen. And that's one thing that we do. We act like it don't happen, but it does. And you have to face it and you have to accept it and accept your part in it. Because even if you didn't do anything wrong, you allowed it to happen because of those 10 words. Yep, yep, yep. Appreciate it, appreciate it. You guys heard her, self.discovery.2.a.new.u at gmail.com. Latanya from Self Discovery to a new and better you. Um, And like you guys already know, man, I want you guys to keep killing the day. Winners win, losers lose. And you guys pray for success like this. I'll talk to you guys. See you. Bye, guys.